0: good Sunday morning guys thank you for joining us we are excited to be worshiping in the house of the Lord this morning Um, taking a moment just double check we're going to start our time with a time of prayer and so if you have any prayer concerns I think we posted something earlier that gave you an opportunity to share Let me just check that. If not, feel free to leave them in the comments. Feel free to leave your prayer concerns in the comments. Give everyone a moment to join us. of you have any spoken prayer concerns at this time? We invite you to go ahead and share. We do have some we want to be in prayer for. Mm-hmm. We want to be in prayer for. For, Everardo Mendoza. Uh, Prayer for him and his family. Is there anybody who has another prayer concern that they would like to share with us this morning? Let us take this time to go before the Lord. Most gracious and heavenly Father, we humbly come up with your throne this day. We thank you for everything, every blessing, every gift, your grace, your mercy that you pour out upon us. And we ask that you be with us now, Lord. We ask that you bring healing to those who are sick. Healing to those who are hurting. We pray for Mr. Mendoza, for his health, Lord. Uh, We pray for those whose hearts are heavy and burdened, Lord. We pray for healing of the division. That is among your people. We pray for those whose hearts may be hardened against your reason. And therefore, a of hate for their brothers and sisters who may be different from them can grow. We pray for healing for those who have been hurt by that hate. And we pray that your grace, your mercy, and your love would flow upon us, waves upon waves. We ask that you be with us this day. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. all right we want to welcome you guys back thank you for joining our video premiere or praise in worship it's one of the ways that we have been able to come together and sing his praises even when we have been unable to sing together as we have been and so thank you for joining us I want you to give you guys a moment. go ahead and look in your Bibles or on your phone, whatever Bible app you have. If you need a recommendation for a Bible app for your smart class, I definitely have some I can give you. But go ahead and look at Mark chapter three. We're going to be looking at Mark chapter three today. spent last week talking about freedom and what freedom means in our lives who gives us true freedom and we look at the fact that (laughs) our freedom on the cross. And that while we have been given freedom from the cost of our sin, which is death, given freely, we are asked to live our lives a certain way, a life pleasing to God, A life that values service to others and thinking about others above thinking of ourselves. Interestingly enough, when you think about it, we have, as we said last, we've been given freedom to think about other people first. You can look at the news though and see various ways in the world where that is being acted out thankfully but you can also still see ways where people may have hardened hearts where their focus on freedom is there Freedom, and unfortunately, in light of that, others, others suffer. Others may have to pay a price. In their focus of their own freedom, they don't consider. The model Christ said. When he died on the cross for our sins, when he paid the price for our freedom, he wasn't paying a price for ours and his. He was free. He came to earth, born as a babe in a manger, to die on the cross. For our sins so that we could be free and through that we see what freedom should be modeled after using your freedom to help secure the freedom of others using your freedom to fight against oppression using your freedom to care for others about self. And there's one key word that we looked at. Love. He, Jesus, paid the price for our freedom because of love. And we, are to live our lives of freedom in a way pleasing to the Lord because of our love for Him. And we are to use our freedom for the freedom of others because of our love for our neighbors. Matthew 22, 37-40 tell us the first and the second greatest commands. Jesus sums up the entire law in this. Love God and love your neighbor as yourself. In 1 John 4 20 it tells us that if there is hate in our hearts for others then unfortunately God cannot live in us god is love and love and hate do not go together there's been a call this past week as i watched a uh, program that was put out by faith and prejudice and it looked at ways in which our faith the Christian faith and the church has dealt and honestly not dealt as it should with issues of racism. This weekend was to be a call to action. Those who have been studying following along with the lessons, those whose hearts were moved We're encouraged to take what was called next steps. We've heard it said before that the church is called to be a movement, not a monument. And the same thing is said with love, faith. If our faith doesn't involve love in action, if our freedom doesn't involve Seeking out the freedom of others in love, then we are truly wasting it. And through this love, through this freedom, comes true unity. You see, there's an old saying, that says, a house divided will fall. A house divided will fail. And some people may think, well, that's a great saying and a to some other people. But what does it take a moment? And look at Mark chapter 3. I'm going to read a passage to you, and at first I'm going to read it from the New International Version. But then I'm going to read it to you again from the Message Paragraphs, just to fully help us digest this scripture. Mark 3, verse 20. Then Jesus entered the house, and again a crowd gathered, so that he and his disciples were not even able to eat. When his family heard about this, they went to take charge of him, for they said, He is out of his mind. And the teachers of the law who came down from Jerusalem said, He is possessed by the by the prince of demons. Is he driving out demons? So Jesus called them and spoke to them in parables. How can Satan drive out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. If a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan opposes himself and is divided, he cannot stand. His end has come. In fact, no one can enter a strongman's house and carry off his possessions unless he first ties up the strong man. Then he can rob his house. I tell you the truth. All the sins and blasphemies of men will be forgiven, but whoever blasphemies against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. He is guilty of an eternal sin. A house divided, a kingdom divided, will surely fall. Matthew 3, looking at it again and reading it from the message paraphrase. So Jesus came home, and as usual, a crowd gathered so many, making demands on him that there wasn't even time to eat. His friends heard what was going on and went to rescue him, by force if necessary. They suspected that he was getting carried away with himself. The religion scholars from Jerusalem came down, spreading rumors that he was working black magic using devil tricks to impress them with super spiritual power. Jesus confronted their slander with a story. Does it make sense to send a devil to catch a devil? To use Satan to get rid of Satan? A constantly squalid family disintegrates. If Satan was fighting Satan, there soon wouldn't be any Satan left. Do you think it's possible in broad daylight to enter the house of an awake, able-bodied man and walk off with his possessions, unless you tie him up first? Tie him up, though, and you can clean him out. Listen to this carefully. I am warning you. There's nothing done or said that can't be forgiven. But if you persist in your slanders against God's Holy Spirit, you are recreating the very one who forgives, selling sell off the branch of which you're sitting, severing by your own perversity all connection with the one who forgives. The house divided will surely fall. And yet, unfortunately, we look around and as churches have endeavored to respond to the issues we face today, Unknown viruses racial tension that has come from oppression that has been being felt for centuries it has left the church and the people of the church feeling very divided and I think back to the scripture where it says does it make sense that you would use a devil to catch a devil? Would you use Satan to get rid of Satan? Constant squabbling, though, causes a family to descend a grade. We are told in the scriptures that what we fight against, the principalities of this world, we fight against Satan. So anything that causes dissension, anything that causes a break in unity, anything that causes familial bonds to disintegrate. Therefore, stripping away God's plan for his people. It's a tool the devil uses to undermine his faith. Oh, of God, you see, he knows those tools and he knows, <laughs> unfortunately, what's in our hearts. Division can come from ignorance, misconception, but it leads to hate. Division that leads to Haven Church is devastating, heartbreaking, frustrating, and something that needs to be corrected. You see, we, as people created in the very image of God, are created to be united. But, division comes from the fact that we have an inability to embrace the wonderfulness, the fact that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, but individually. Look with me at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We see here
1: the body of Christ, which
0: is believers, people who recognize and celebrate the freedom Christ has given them. The freedom that came up the cry, cost of the cross, and have let the blood over their sins. We see this here, in which We are united as a body but first corinthians 12 tells us just as a human body is made up of many parts the body of christ while sharing that they are all created in the image of god is going to be different they are going to have uniqueness talents that are different from each other. Sharing from the paraphrase of, in the message again of 1 Corinthians, we get this. You can easily enough see how this kind of thing works by looking further than your your own body. Your body has many parts, limbs, organs, cells, but no matter how many parts you can name, you're still one body it's exactly the same with christ by means of his one spirit we all said goodbye to our partial and piecemeal lives we each used to be independent we each used to independently call our own shots but when we enter into a large integrated life in which he has the final say in everything each of us is now a part of his resurrection body refreshed and sustained at one fountain his spirit where we all come to drink the old labels we once used to identify ourselves labels like jew or greek slave or free they no longer are useful we need something larger more comprehensive. I want you to think about how all of this makes you more significant, not less significant. A body isn't just a single part blown up into something huge. It's all different, but similar parts, arranged and functioning together. If a foot says, I'm not elegant like a hand, embellished with rings, and I guess I don't belong to the body, would that make it so? Hibben Air says, I'm not beautiful like the eye, limpid and impressive. I don't deserve a place on the head. Would you want to remove it from the body? If the body was all I, then how could it hear? All here, then how could it smell? As it is, we see that God has carefully placed each part of the body right where He wanted it. So, I also want you to think about how this keeps your significance from being blown into self-importance for no matter how significant you are it's only because of what you are a part of that it counts an enormous eye or a gigantic hand wouldn't be a body what a monster what we have is one body with many Each its proper size and in its proper place. No part is important on its own. Can you imagine an eye telling a hand, get lost, I don't need you? Or a head telling foot, you're fired, your job has been phased out. As a matter of fact, in practice, it works the other way. The lower part, the more basic and therefore necessary. You can live without an eye, for instance, but not without a stomach. When it's a part of your own body you're concerned with, it, it makes no difference whether the part is visible or clothed higher or lower. You give it dignity and honor just as it is, without comparisons. If anything, you have more concern for the lower parts than the higher. If you had to choose, wouldn't you choose good digestion over having a full head of hair? The way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as the church. Every part is dependent on every other part. The parts we mention and the parts we don't. The parts we see and the parts we don't. If one part hurts, every other part is involved in the hurt and in the healing. If one part flourishes, every other part enters into exuberance. You are Christ's body that's who you are you must never forget this only as you accept your part of that body does your part mean anything you're familiar with some parts that god has formed in his church of the body apostles prophets teachers miracle workers healers helpers organizers those who pray in tongues but it's obvious by now isn't it that christ's church is a complete body not a gigantic, you're unidimensional heart. It's not all apostle, not all prophet, not all miracle worker, not all healer, not all prayer in tongues, not all interpreter in tongues. And yet some of you keep competing for the so-called important parts. It ends with this in verse 31, but now I want to lay out a far better way for you. And I find it very interesting that that's how 1 Corinthians 12 ends. A passage that talks about unity and working together. Because the next verse is what often shared in weddings, guys. It's called the Way of of love but when you take it in conjunction with what the very end of verse 12 says but i want to tell you about a much better way that much better way is love a love that never gives up a love that cares for more than Cares for others more than self. A love that doesn't watch what it doesn't have. A love that doesn't strut, that isn't proud, that doesn't have a swell head. A love that doesn't force itself on others. A love that isn't always the me first attitude. A love that doesn't anger or fly off the handle. A love that doesn't keep score the sins of others. A love that doesn't revel when others grovel or oppress. A love that doesn't take pleasure in the flowering, or a love that takes pleasure in the Flowering of truth. A love that puts up with anything, that trusts God always, that always looks for the best, never looks back, but keeps going to the end. A love like that. And so, First friend Dance versus Mark, you see a very different take. We're told what unity should look like, and we're warned in Mark about what will happen when we're divided. And unfortunately, when we forget love and what love is supposed to look like, when we forget that we are called to love one another when we forget that we are called to unity through love it surely brings division when adam and eve were swayed by the lies of the devil mankind as what's known as Throughout scriptures, illustrations of division prompted by disobedience, by hate, can be found. But we were not created to be divided. We were created to be united, to be united in Christ. You need to be willing to speak up, to care for others, to live as children of the life, as it says in Ephesians. We may pray that as Christians, but do we understand what that means? Do we truly strive for unity? And are we willing to play the part we're? following Jesus in learning to live out love we become more aware of the things, the injustice of the world around us I leave you with this call someone had said it and I Um, Beth Moore actually said it this morning. She was reading through one of the prophets. And I felt the same way reading through Isaiah this past week. When it comes to being part of the body, when it comes to being united, when it comes to love, Isaiah gives some great advice on how we are to live our lives, how we can help bring unity, how we can help build peace. And it's my challenge for you all. Learn to do right. Seek justice. Defend the cause of the fatherless and plead the cause of the widow. Learn to do right and pursue justice. Exercising your freedom. In love. For love and in the love of others unity must be a desire of ours but it is a desire of gods it is part of this perfect design it is part of the image we are created in and when we are divided we are unfortunately dwelling in a land of But only unity can be found in God. And in His image, when we put aside self, can we become close? When we allow healing and transformation in lives to occur. Colossians three, twelve through 14 says, therefore, In division, there's hurt and hate. In unity, there's peace and love. In division, there's anger. In unity, there's forgiveness. I was told something as a kid, and I find myself saying it to others fortunately you cannot control the actions of others all the time but you can control how you react to them that is the one thing that we are each responsible for how we react how we love one another and so if we want to start and make a change let it be starting with ourselves allow God to search our hearts To seek out and rid us of any part that is not in his design of ours. We're going to take this time in prayer. And as we do, I ask that you make that your. you see things and unfortunately go, somebody should do something about that? I challenge you to think of the fact that you are somebody. Change starts in our own hearts. And only then can we begin to share. We must love who God has made us and love others as God would have us. And only then can we all share that love and teach that love to others. Let's pray. Our most gracious and heavenly Father, We humbly come before your throne this day. We seek you out to ask that, Lord, each day may you search our hearts and remove any part of us that is displeasing to you. May you help us live out love love for others making us active members doing our assigned part in the body of christ we pray for healing for forgiveness for unity lord to be established as you have always intended it to be and that the church your church could rise up as the body of the resurrected christ we are called to be part of the resurrected body of Christ, a movement of your love. And we just ask that you help bring that to be, be with us, each and every one of us, Lord. We ask these in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We want to thank everybody that joined us today. If you missed anything, feel free to catch the replay. We will be live Wednesday at 6 o'clock with Christ and Crafts, followed by at 7 o'clock with Storytime. We will also be doing Bible journaling on Saturdays at 10 o'clock. And, of course, we'll meet back here. Be sure to check the page, our worship for praise and worship video premieres at 5 to 11 is the countdown and premieres at 11 o'clock where you can feel free to sing as loud as you want wherever you are so that we are doing our part to help keep our neighbors and our community safe and then we'll be right here at 30 for the morning message next week we'll see you guys again have a blessed weekend